Hey everybody, it's Michael here. Uh, before we roll into this new episode, I want to thank you all, whether you're a long-time or brand-new listener, for your patience while Sean and I took an impromptu hiatus. As many of you may be aware, members of the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild have been on strike for the last few months now due to the major studios' refusal to pay their creators fair and livable wages. This certainly includes Viacom slash Paramount, who owns Nickelodeon, just for uh, context as to why we felt it was applicable in this situation. Out of an abundance of caution not to promote any struck work, and also to show solidarity with these creatives who have brought so much joy and entertainment to our lives, some of whom definitely include people who have brought Hey Arnold to life, Sean and I made the decision to temporarily hold off on putting out new episodes. If you follow us on Instagram at PC118Pod, we announced it on there as well. We still fully support the strike, but after receiving approval from a SAG-AFTRA representative, we were informed that television animation is not currently considered struck work. So with that in mind, we were given the green flag to start putting out episodes again uh, for our podcast. Now, hopefully that remains the case for moving forward, but we'll definitely keep our eyes on things as they unfold and keep you, our listeners, in the loop as well. If you want to know more straight from the source about what's at stake for laborers in the film and TV industries, check out www.sagafterstrike.org for more information. Uh, as far as we're concerned, however, the pod must go on. So please enjoy. Hello, class, and you are listening to Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education, where every week, two lifelong friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon, Hey Arnold. I uh, am one of your hosts. I'm Sean, and this is my name first. Oh my god. This is nice. I like this. My <laughs> This is my name second. I'm Michael, and the sound you're hearing is my 11-year-old laptop fan. <laughs> Rough translation. Kill me. <laughs> it's okay. You'll have a new one in your future soon. I believe in you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we jump really far into this, just want to make sure and, uh, you know, give us our own little shout out. So please, please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, anywhere else that has podcasts that you can find our name that I'm not aware of. And leave a rating, leave a review, especially if you like what you hear, because um, we want some other people to find the show and riff with us, which... Leads us to our socials, um, Twitter, Instagram, same handle, at PC118Pod. And if you want to start a fight with me and or Michael, <laughs> PC118Pod at gmail.com. 118 is uh, the digits, 118. Um, and yeah, so today we are covering Season 2, Episode 6. Again, we go by the air order, not by the production. Uh, but we do have a little bit we want to commit to based on what we talked about last week. Um, and that's kind of kicking off a recurring conversation about our dream fan cast if this were ever to go live action and apparently if we had unlimited budget yeah we could, anybody that we wanted to not only unlimited budget but access to a time machine so we can pluck <laughs> any actor who has ever lived out of their out of their yes. whole out of their timelines create a branch timeline not unlike avengers yes. endgame and just just so they can film their scenes, film their coverage, because like you know, we're getting that that Netflix Paramount money. Uh, you know, they that, I feel like they really nailed it with the castings for the live action Avatar show, which we still haven't heard a damn peep from. But we'll mm. see. But you know, who knows? Maybe maybe our development process will will get this uh, get this live action Hey Arnold one to one remake off the ground floor. 
quicker than I that does. I think we could force their hand. Maybe. Right? <laughs> we, we carry some clout. We carry, yeah. what, a couple hundred? Dozens. Listens? Dozens. <laughs> Thousands of dozens listens and dozens followers. of followers. <laughs> That's not bad. That's I'll pretty good. It. I mean, come on. Come on. It's really good. But yeah, uh, so... To break things up effectively, we're going to do things in pockets, and uh, we decided that we wanted to cover some of our three key characters. Uh, we want to talk about Arnold, we want to talk about Helga, we want to talk about Gerald, um, and a couple of options are what I mm -hmm. see here, not just single names. So, um, Michael, start us off with who... Uh, I, I want to hear your reasoning for these two for Arnold. My Arnold's? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear your Arnold's. Okay, so we got two, arguably two, oh my god, this is so fun, I'm so happy we're doing this. Two <laughs> Hollywood it boys of their time, of their respective times. We got someone who's kind of happening now, and somebody who left the limelight long, long ago, but like you couldn't get away from him at this at this point in time. He even kind of brought it in the... It kind of sounds very not too dissimilar from the current Arnold that we have right now, season two Arnold, vo as voiced by Philip Van Dyke. So my Arnold casting picks, so I just want to at least get them together, get them for a general meeting. I think that's what they call it in the biz. Um, <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd love to see, I'd love to see stroll into the audition room either Jonathan Taylor Thomas or Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Chalamet seems so left field for me. Really? Like, extremely really? left field. Maybe it's because he has, I mean, maybe the fit is that he has a weird shaped face. Okay, maybe. Um, but that's not the name I expected <laughs> to see here. Well, for me, okay, like, my, my mileage kind of varies with Timothy Chalamet. I've, I've only seen him in, ah, shoot. Uh, the, the, nude? The, not nude. Um, I've seen him in Lady Bird, and I've seen him in Dune. Mm. Um, but like his vibe, like his, his, his vibe, just whatever, when he does interviews and stuff, it's like, he seems pretty cool, pretty chill. So I think you'd have like the season one Arnold vibe down pat pretty good. But then there's yeah. also this slight little vibe to me where I'm like, I think it'd be very easy for me to dislike you if I, yes. if you rubbed me the wrong way. Yes. <laughs> Hence Timothy Chalamet. It's a good fix. So I think he could strike that balance well, and you know, he, he can kind of he can kind of do it all. I think he's got yeah. good chops. He can kind of manage all the tones. Jonathan Taylor Thomas again, just like very subtly too cool for school. I mean, I mean, he's definitely known for being a little bit more of like smart alecky, mm -hmm. like more of a low key Bart Simpson. If you ever watched him on like old reruns of like Home Improvement, but I yeah. loved him in the movie uh, he did with Chevy Chase, Man of the House, and he's very just like acerbic and kind of just like comes off as like wise beyond his years i think like i think that he'd bring that good kind of arnold energy but it maybe perhaps a little bit could easily slip a little too much towards the dickish side of things um so yeah. maybe timothy would ultimately get the part he might know. get the part yeah yeah um i entirely went off of optics i, do. I wanted okay, someone go ahead. that had piercing blue eyes um <laughs> Because I think that's important because I should be a little bit unsettled by looking at Arnold and there's no way we're going to get someone to have a weird face, like, head shape like that. Okay. Um, but I also want someone that would be very easy for you to hate based off of just seeing them. Um, <laughs> so um, my first pick would be Jaden Martell, who, if you're not familiar, he played Bill in It Chapter One. Um, he played a really, really good protagonist. I think that he played his role effectively mm -hmm. and he could come into this role and do a good job being like a kid and liking music and maybe having some ulterior motives all the time. Like, I feel <laughs> like he could do effective at that. Yes. Um, and then the other is Freddie Highmore exclusively because of the clip saying, I am a doctor. <laughs> that is a hundred percent the reason that he's here. Oh my um, God. 
and he's also a good actor. Uh, I think he could easily play somebody that is like seething right below and maybe a serial killer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I do think after your justification that mm-hmm. I could see Timothy taking the part based on his persona mm-hmm. uh, because I went entirely by book covers yeah. here. I think depending on the on the cast, depending on the characters, I think I definitely there's people that I did more on a purely like aesthetic cosmetic level, and then there's mm-hmm. people I'm like, oh, based on previous works or like how they've kind of been typecast, I think they could pull this off. Yes. Um, which informs my Helga casting. Uh, if yes. we are, if we're just going to her next, did you want to bring go us two? All right, yeah. cool. So I only have one for Helga again. Like, and if like new people spring to mind as we are just consuming media, that's fine. You can have kind mm-hmm. of these, you know, dark horses come into the, come into the race, lobbying for yeah. the role. Um, so my Helga pick would be solely from her uh, performances, Kim Kelly and Freaks and Geeks. We got Busy Phillips. Basically, it would be. A, pretty one to one you know some of these people would have to like play much younger like busy phillips let's say if i even plucking busy phillips through time and space from like freaks and geeks era she's like 19 expected to play nine but whatever it's fine if wet hot american summer and greece can do it then so can we um or it chapter two with that very questionable de-aging technology (laughs) they used in that film uh yeah talk about suspension of disbelief but anyway yeah i think Kim, busy Phillips as Kim Kelly, like she really brought this, like yeah, like cold hard, like uh, stone, stone walled, like mean girl, with a very like just sad home life and just a lot of insecurity, and uh, but still just that bluster being like the default gear that she kind of basically drove in. So I think I, I she was kind of the only person I could really picture in the role. It's a good pick. I went a different route. Okay. Who is this this person? Hold on. I forget. So, Natasha, I'm going to butcher her last name, Dimitriou, I believe. Uh, She plays Naja on What We Do in the Shadows. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel that I would love, I mean, I love every time that she's on screen because she is always picking a fight with somebody, always very self-righteous, very (laughs) assured of herself. She plays such a good obsessive with uh, Gregory, who's her, like, (laughs) umpteenth decapitated lover. Like, she commits so well to this bit of the lovable but also, I mean, I guess even affable fits here. Um, but she's, she's she's bonkers. Her character's bonkers. She can play bonkers effectively. And I think for someone that is as obsessive as Helga and goes into these, I mean, her, her poetic tendencies, mm. I think Natasha mm-hmm. could kill that shit. Right on. Kill it. Right and on. she can put on that accent again, too, which would be great. That would be good, yeah, for the uh, the soliloquies and everything. She'd totally, mm. totally pull it yum. off. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> All right. Cool. And wrap it up with Gerald. Yes. Okay. Um, again, this was a little more difficult. Again, I think I think especially as we see in today's episode, like there are a lot of layers to Gerald. So by by that by that token, I went with uh, Caleb McLaughlin, McLaughlin, who is best known for playing Lucas on Stranger Things. I think he builds him. I mean, he is not mm-hmm. super. I mean, he we know he can rock a flat top based on the, the most recent season. So there's that. And then he also has to Fair. deal with his little yes. sister a lot, cramping his style, which we get into with this episode. I do appreciate seeing the way he kind of is under pressure, which, you know, I think mm. as the show goes, like, Gerald's back is going to be against the wall, like, kind of more often than not, I would say. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, Caleb's going to need some more Netflix money after season, uh, after their 
you know, the writers guild, the strikes are over and season five <laughs> yeah. of stranger things gets its, you know, wraps production. So, you know, we'll just uh, keep throwing in the Netflix bone. I think I said, I forget if I said this on the air last week, but uh, my Gerald live action will forever be Lakeith Stanfield. Dude, yeah. I almost want to just um, give it to you. Like, let's just give him the offer. Let's give him the offer. Let's just send him the contract, but go ahead. He's a walk on to the team for me. <laughs> I think, uh, when I think about Gerald, yes, there's a lot of intricacy to his character, but something that continues to be the standout is his his ability to deliver the urban myth. I consistently think to the way that Lakeith can deliver something in this really steady, convincing, I don't know, it's like, it's almost like he's close to monotone, but mm. he plays with it so effectively mm -hmm. and lands his words and lands tone in the right places to just make things stick. And I think he would kill that shit and i have to think so hard about who sid is going to be to partner with him that's like, going to be a hard one that's going to be the yeah. like that is more difficult i think point. than some of the other pairings is like what yeah. the the sid gerald relationship that's a whole other layer to this segment when we have to start doing a what do they call them chemistry reads and shit exactly um, yes yikes this, this is yeah. awesome okay cool i mean i i do love i'm Let's totally keep doing this. this that was great. It's a little warm up. I love so, that. Yeah, first uh, first round of castings there, and you know by the end uh, by the end of this, we'll have like a finalized cast for this whole ass uh, this whole ass uh, live action reboot. So we'll yeah. probably just do we'll a whole film episode it. of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, season two, episode six, episode A, I guess. Mm -hmm. How do we refer to these? I call them part A, part B. That's how I go. Sure. I think part A is Ransom, the original air date being October 8th, 1997, written by Jonathan Greenberg, directed by Steve Saki. And our plot summary is short and sweet. Gerald and Arnold get on the case when Timberly's doll goes missing. And missing it does, mm -hmm. Michael. It, it is missed. Where are you? Where art thou, Wally? <laughs> Where art thou, with, Wally? With the very... Who is a, a, a weirdo, by the way. Yeah. Like, the weirdest cold open to a Hey Arnold episode yet, I think. <laughs> these shameless uh merchandise plugs and everything i mean yeah like barney merch was was everywhere as far as like i mean that's more of like a i was i've heard this so i, I buy it i didn't i didn't have mm -hmm. a lot of barney merch as a kid i had like a barney i had a barney vhs which was like barney goes to imagination island or something like that that was the only one I ever owned uh shout out to pia manalo filipina on barney but her character was vietnamese because her name was min Real quick, just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> um, hopefully, Selena Gomez was like ethnically accurate casting for whoever she was on Barney back in the day. Um, <laughs> but then I, didn't I also know they played characters. I thought that was just kids <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, they did that too. Um, I also had a Barney sippy cup. I had that with me up until I don't know, like maybe first grade or something. It became just like my gargle for brushing my teeth or whatever. Yeah, love that. So you're times. telling me you didn't have a Barney salad spinner? No, but I only found out what a salad spinner was like three years ago after I moved out, right? In the oh, pandemic. Recent. Yeah, yeah. And like, my, welcome. I saw this thing. I it's so, it was a pretty big one, okay. But my roommates and I was like, I with zero irony, with zero like tongue in cheek. I'm like, I honestly asked. I'm like, guys, do you guys have a fruit dehydrator? <laughs> Oh I had like, it was like a little cage and a little cylinder and so but yeah salad spinners are cool i have like one where you have to crank it so that's a pain in the butt i want i want the one where you just press and the you know the yes. salad spins the push one is is the uh is the greatest of all time mm -hmm. and the sharp stop too so you can just oh, wake the right. water off oh that's genius 
Mm. Yeah. How about mm. Wally fuzzy underwear though? I, I w- no, <laughs> fuzzy underwear. Period. <laughs> I don't know where that idea ever came from because it's not the first time you hear mm. someone say fuzzy underwear in like any context. You're wearing a Hey Arnold shirt too. Well done. Thank on you. Brand. The one you bought me. So thank Proud you. you. Get it now at good good shirts. Right? Was it good shirts or dumb uh, good? It is dumb. Good. Dumb good. Dumb yeah. good. There you go. Dumb yes. good. Instagram. Yes. PC one wow. two potted Instagram. We could get an ad. We totally we could. Read could. ad copy. We totally could. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Fresh. No, sorry. Hello um, Fresh and better help and uh, <laughs> the Toyota Pacifica, whatever that van is. The Pacifica. <laughs> well, say goodbye to this episode, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy, um, Wally is an alligator. Yeah, I'm really bad with He's, like. Yes. Okay. Wally the okay, alligator. Sure. Uh, a very impressive sculpted character for the time. The character is articulated. Its mouth moves along mm-hmm. with speaking. That's really impressive. That's a uh, double A animatronic. Yeah. It's been, I mean, relatively recent that mm-hmm. articulated characters have come to the Disney parks. As our resident, I worked at Disney for too long. <laughs> I don't like Walt. I don't like nah. Wally. Wally makes me uncomfortable. His voice is too deep. He's like, Wally t- loves you, all you little girls and boys. See you tomorrow. <laughs> like, gross. And he was also the person that talked, like, after the episode was done, too, uh-huh. right? Like, <laughs> he, he introduces the next show because I'm like, oh, okay. We, it's like, again, like, I'm in a very multiversal headspace yeah. right now, having just seen Across the Spider-Verse, which fucking ripped. Yeah, he goes like, hey, tune in next. Stay tuned for the new episode of Quasar with Carlos Fagan. I'm like, okay, that's the <laughs> Hey Arnold verse Cosmos with Carl Sagan. Timberly is obviously watching PBS as Barney was <laughs> yep. on there. So right on. Yes. That's, they, they, kinda, they thought of everything. Good for them. While the boys are playing Clue. With slightly off-brand names. Colonel Dijon, was it? It might be my favorite brand is when something is like 80% correct Mm -hmm. and 20% fucked. (laughs) That's so funny to me. Colonel Dijon. (laughs) And Gerald has no patience. He has no patience for his little sis, but he will definitely superhero for her. And I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. He jumped out the chair. Chair fell over the second he heard his sister cry for help. That is true. He's a good big brother. Watching this episode, it, I think this is, again, maybe one of my first or second time rewatching this episode as an mm. adult. And yeah, just seeing like the forethought that Timberly put into this whole little scheme of hers yeah. and kind of going along with it. And it just kind of had me thinking like Timberly is the original origami killer. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Over in the tracks. Yeah. Uh, she did a ransom note yeah. with photos. You got it. I mean, okay. I will give Arnold the point here that he recognize like the date on the newspaper to mm-hmm. like way to go good detective work which honestly this entire episode was kind of a it was a pretty tight narrative no yeah like, for sure for sure as far as like a, a de- as, as far as a detective pastiche and everything like in yeah. 11 minutes i i loved it i really i it think was, i always liked this episode but i re- really appreciated it this time around yeah it was effective and then you get kind of like the the lay-in as well i mean of course you have your character being on the television and all that and you mm-hmm. have the boys playing a mystery like whodunit game so mm-hmm. it all just kind of like pieces together really effectively but then we also get oh shit chocolate boy yeah i was a new character alert buddy i kind of forgot he existed (laughs) until i saw him i was was gonna say i mean like hitting the marks i guess of the sort of whatever noir detective story marks like you're like we need an i think do you think the writers were like they they need they have to shake down an addict because there's always an addict. Yes. Like there's like, always an addict. Yes. So. And what can a kid in third or second grade be addicted to? Chocolate. And, 
got it. And I think, yeah, this this episode, I wrote down that this episode kind of reminded me. I had a, it felt like a similar vibe of to watching an episode of Recess. And maybe that's why, because there was just like, this kid doesn't have a fucking mm. name. It's just Chocolate Boy. Just like Recess <laughs> yeah. had like Swinger Girl, the Digger Twins or whatever, like <laughs> whoever it was. Um but, but yeah, the, oh what do you think? What, okay, what is is this hate Arnold or is this just Arnold being savvy as fuck? Just like knowing Chocolate Boy needs his fix. He's like insatiable and just all that. Like, I don't know. My memory's getting a little fuzzy. <laughs> I think this that's is, my favorite line read of the whole episode. <laughs> this is 100% hate Arnold. Okay. He was being vindictive. He, uh, he was, was enjoying the tease too much no he throws in the keep your nose clean chocolate boy like your nose clean and then (laughs) or face clean face clean yeah yeah yeah, on the floor on the floor like a dick bag dirty city streets yes my note says hate arnold is back on the menu (laughs) or fuck you arnold dislike arnold god um but then we also get Curly in an interrogation room, Dude, which is my that, Not an interrogation room. I think he just run down ass like <laughs> tenement, like, and it even says, it says, uh, like, there's like a for rent sign, and it says like call one eight hundred Grovel if you want to. Yeah, it's like one eight hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah, Grovel. It's like it. It's like it arguably looks worse yeah. than Pigeon Man's building, or it's probably in the same block as Pigeon Man's building at the very oh, least. It is super sketch yeah super sketch and then we also what does he say <laughs> kidnapping isn't my like, game too, it's messy, too messy too messy yeah i like licorice sticks so what <laughs> again adam I wiley we'll have you on here before this is done I I, we're manifesting I that no for sure so for sure much. i'm like curly curly i don't know he's he's into some illicit stuff we don't know the we don't know the uh the exact extent of that but it's there, and he seems yeah. like a black licorice connoisseur. I don't know if that reads. Oh, to he you. likes weird shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He likes black licorice. He likes. Uh, maybe this is going to be wrong for you, but he likes buttered popcorn, jelly beans, weirdo. Ooh, um, yeah, probably, yeah. totally. He'll eat. He'll exactly. eat all the bad beans when you play bean. He'll boozled. eat all the bad ones. The scrambled yeah, eggs, leftovers in the bowl. Uh-huh. Gross. Yeah. He buys candy corn to eat, not to give to others, and then eat out of desperation. Mm-hmm. He likes to eat candy corn. Uh-huh. Yeah, weirdo. I was um, at, I was at a ballet lesson. <laughs> he nails it. He fucking plie, nails plie, it. Jete. Jete. See, I ain't joking. <laughs> so good. I like. Okay, that's so my favorite good. music bit in either of these episodes. Is just that. <laughs> it was like jaunty little, like super fast forward uh, ballet music thing. Yeah. Okay, give him a quick eight count, Curly. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Bovary's school for boys. I still remember that so to this good. damn day. Yeah. But that's that was the last person they shook down, right? Because after Chocolate the Boy, they shake down the they shake down Harold. They do shake down okay, Harold yeah, as we well. Get the bait, yep. the bait and switch. I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the reveal, which uh, is a, I mean, I would say it's a curveball. Like it's a pretty effectively written one. Her being you know this whole master plan. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. She does well, and then gets pissed off that there's no candy her in the little, bag. Her she little, got nothing mm-hmm. for it. Her little fairy disguise, actually, it doesn't look like Timberly right away. Like, the hair's done up differently. But mm-hmm. then I, I actually only noticed on this, the guilt that sets in, like, when Gerald puts her to bed. She's like, everything's, I really like playing detective with you guys. And, you know, she knows, like, she did a bad thing. So at least, like, it wasn't totally 
there was a, there was a conscience. Like I went yeah. in feel, thinking like Timberly was gonna be way more annoying, but like I don't know. I think yeah, the the big brother instincts just kicked in for me and yep. for Gerald, and it's like yeah, I guess you would do that. You'd you'd put your baseball plans aside to try and make things right. And he's a good big bro. Twenty dollars really is small candies. That's a that's a lot of fun size chocolates. It's a lot. But he didn't reward her for it. There no. was no candy. In well, yeah, that wait. Bag. Do you think? No, do you think Gerald already kind? Of, no. Do you think Gerald just meant to like stiff the kidnapper, whoever it was, or do you think he yeah. was like hip to like maybe Timberly has something to do with this? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like he would have stiffed stiffed the uh, yeah. the kidnapper. Okay, because he knows he would be able to beat his ass. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Lingering, lingering um, sentiments. No, I think this one was really like nice and quick. There was just a lot of. Fun little character. I did, I did like uh, Arnold and Gerald both kind of going into this like old timey 30s detective voice whenever they were shaking, particularly shaking down Harold, fat shaming Harold. That's another in the hate Arnold category. Yeah. They kept calling him slim. Fuck that's, you, that's not cool. Arnold. I think Arnold, Arnold Arnold started it, I think. I think he, I think yeah, he, he always does. Yeah. Dick bag. Call me slim yeah. one more time and I'll knock your teeth out. You deserve it, Arnold. You deserve to lose <laughs> your two front teeth. Ding dong. You know who doesn't deserve to lose two front teeth is Lila. Good segue. Bring it. Keep episode, it going. Keep it yeah. going. So we're going to flip the record over. We're going to go to the B side. Uh, this is Miss Perfect. Original air date shared October 8th, 1997. Written by Steve Vixton. Directed by Steve Saki. And the plot summary. Lila, the new girl, is disliked at school by Helga and the other girls for seeming to be absolutely perfect and is a big hit with all the boys. The girls soon play a prank on Lila, causing paint to spill all over her in front of the school. Is that correct? Is no, it paint? was like garbage. It was her food. And like, again, like we should really be tracking green moldy garbage because I think this is like the third time we've seen it. Yes. You weaponized, weaponized particularly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go change that on Wikipedia. Indeed. Please hold them. <laughs> but yeah, I, I could we're, and I might. We're livid. We're livid about this. Uh, resuming, they soon accept her after. They see how upset she is and learn that her dad has been unemployed for some time, leading to the two having little to no food in the house. That is a lot of words for that plot summary. Yeah. That did not to be. We're, we're going to no. go edit that one, everybody. Yeah. Some of these are very, like, succinct, and some of these are just like, here's what happens the entire episode. Yeah. And it doesn't even hit, like, the major nah. notes nah. at all or connect them effectively. <laughs> that was a dumb plot summary. If I was to rewrite this, I would say Lila, the new girl, is someone that the girls are jealous of, and they find out that they shouldn't be. There you go. Boom. We can re-edit um, these moving forward as well <laughs> if we damn well please. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Hundo. Okay. But also, uh, we get a, a sharp open about Phoebe knowing everything, Phoebe being a know-it-all. And Mr. Simmons is honestly kind of like checked out a little. He's like, yeah, Phoebe, that makes you... I love how you answer the questions right every time that that makes you special. He kind of like yep. trails off. He's not really on his, <laughs> he's not really on his game. He's peaked, you know, whatever he's plateaued a little. I think it's been yeah. like two or three months at this the point. The honeymoon period is yeah. over. He yeah. knows his students already. He's in it. He's locked in. God. But then, oh my God, Lila's, I don't know. I don't remember Lila's entire character arc over like the entire series run don't really know okay yeah but, we'll, we'll just keep it here let's let's like let, let's avoid yeah. future spoilers if at all possible yeah. but yeah we'll keep it here because i don't know what happens beyond this episode um she comes in so demure like she's standing upright and wants to you know impress and comes from the country she's just pleasant she's so kind 
Pleasantville. She Good seems movie. kind. And mm -hmm. watching this as an adult, I feel like just hearing that someone comes from the country to like, <clears throat> you know, pretty dense inner city, like that's a really hard life transition. And I mm -hmm. feel like as an adult watching this, you can kind of like figure that that's going to be a part of the twist, right? Yeah. Like that, that intersection and the difficulty to not just get along with kids, but like get into what it's like living in a city. Mm -hmm. It's an, that's that's a big change. Yeah. It's if, a big change. I think you hear about that too. I mean, we grew up comparatively like in a suburb and then like I think I just always heard about you always heard these stories of like the kids who grew up going to school in SF and shit like that. And it's just like yeah. the the stories you would anecdotally hear about the schools, it just sounds so much rougher and stuff and just like the vibe is different. You know, it's a very mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, just kind of like fish out of water coming into like the doggy dog thing. Very interesting mm -hmm. to see Helga being like kind of the ringleader of the girls for like I think for the first time really. Mm. Um, usually we're always kind of seeing her with Phoebe or on the fringes being excluded from the slumber party. But I guess that's kind of a good continuity yeah. thing. I think like maybe like the whole slumber party thing that kind of ingratiated her and she sort of like mm -hmm. took this new position and everyone was just kind of everyone was just kind of on board with with it and you know she was just i guess kind of the queen bee of of this this particular affair yeah i mean it makes sense right like she has mm. she has the loudest personality which makes yeah. it easy for the kids to just kind of like go along with things which is very much what happens in this episode i don't know if things would have escalated as far as they did if helga hadn't instigated a lot of oh, totally. like the, <laughs> the escalation mm -hmm. this is the first episode where i really realized how impactful that like hey arnold low angle semi fish eye mm. presentation mm -hmm. of the characters standing mm -hmm. uh plays so effectively mid episode it did, it did right because yeah. you have the girls looking like that like arms crossed and everything uh -huh. sheena in particular is very angular like curved because of her height mm -hmm. um and that intimidation lands like you know that they're nefarious in that moment just because of the way that the angles implied so good mm -hmm. so good yeah so good. it was to good effect again yeah i think just really narratively it worked because it showed that they were on their high horse of just general yeah. superiority not even moral yeah. just like we're better yeah. we don't like you you're shaking things up and we're better than you <laughs> and yeah. we're gonna try and uh, just make sure you're not welcome here um exactly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then she gets to go play kickball good for you lila mm -hmm. sure good for you, you. Wanna go play kickball with us? i do i do i do like joke setups like that where it just gets undone in the very next line yeah um, exactly yeah. dissolve the tension pseudo oh, yeah. immediately oh yeah Let's be a real quick fashion talk again. Like again, like Lila really pulls off that green plaid kind mm. of farm girl thing. I think it goes well with the red hair. It was super weird just seeing her and Rhonda in the blue outfit, which made both of them just look like Cammy in Street Fighter Alpha Two. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's right. A very specific cut, <laughs> well, but yes, was, they yes, both had the yes, beret. Yes, was, she made it herself. So I don't know, fast fast fashion what are you gonna do um impressive yeah man i was once gonna... you find out her resources are limited true good point good point uh yeah. another new character alert here we get big patty who is i don't think she's named here but later we we find yeah. out her name is big patty and that yes. always for me i was like oh is it, she's just like a bigger angrier like brutish helga who like yeah. who has like francine's hair from arthur so that's what i was yeah. kind of like going at as a child yeah. and yeah, again, for me, there was like the callbacks here a little bit, like a little bit of a just like narrative callback to, again, Operation Ruthless, in which like Helga yeah. concocts this master scheme. She yeah. keeps getting royally messed up, a lot of bodily harm. Again, very like wily e. Coyote. Well, 
Well, I think the Operation Ruthless was more Wiley Coyote. This is more yes. of that. It, it looked like Wiley Coyote, but it wasn't. It was like a coyote trying to like steal like sheep's. And the sheepdog keeps beating up the coyote character or the wolf. <laughs> yes. So yes, yeah, yes. And uh, there's nothing implied other than she's getting her ass. Yeah. Beat. <laughs> and for some reason, there's a cat in the janitor's closet as the uh-huh. hits are landing. You're like, which is probably why I was thinking cats running out of shit <laughs> oh, okay, was okay, the recurring. Okay. But it's just yeah. the cat noise whenever people get their shit yeah, rocked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the broom closet, right? <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, in this episode, this reminded me that one of the funniest things I ever, just one of the things I found the funniest as a kid was just seeing a character, whether live action or cartoon, in a neck brace mm. after they've been injured. <laughs> yes. And then bonus yes. points because she gets beat up again and then she has a black, one black eye. Yes, one black eye. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh. I couldn't believe it. it. Like, I think when she walks to the broom closet the second time, mm-hmm. there's like the single like, boom, like the bell, like the death <laughs> like a bell. church church bell or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good, oh, dude. so good, dude. But Big Patty eats well, man. She has a dude, a, a yeah, multi vegetable crudite, crudite. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Lila's resources make a lot more sense and. Yeah. yeah. Farm fresh milk, though. Farm, farm oh fresh God. milk. A, and a Macintosh apple. A bologna sandwich. Yeah. Which makes sense that it's a bologna sandwich and a Macintosh apple mm-hmm. because no one in their right mind would choose a Macintosh apple if they didn't have any other choice. <laughs> it was, unless they were financially hamstrung otherwise. Yeah. Well, I guess I would, cha- I would take a Macintosh over a Red Delicious. Mm. Absolutely. But then those are immediately eclipsed by every single other Every other type of apple. apple. <laughs> I would take, okay, so it would be Red Delicious. Mm-hmm. It would be Macintosh, Gala, Dude, you don't, you, Granny the, Smith. What the Apple Talks? Your Fuji stuff. I don't even know exists. Okay, Honeycrisp. There you In go. That, that was that was the that was the right answer for the In number one. Order. Right on. Go go get a Honeycrisp right now. Mm-hmm. You won't exactly. My mother-in-law um, dropped off oh, yes. some random apples. <laughs> uh, there might be a Honeycrisp in the fridge right now been a while so it might not be as crispy or as honey honeyly as it once was in its prime but that's okay yeah. if you bite through it and it doesn't just kiwi jello sounds pretty good though i mean i know it was kiwi jello sounds be pranked, lit but kiwi was definitely not in my like radar fruit wise i feel like every other kid i went to school with had like kiwi in their snack but mm. that sounds very refreshing yeah kiwi sounds better than lime like I like lime jello is what the real flavor would mm-hmm. be, right? Is there even a kiwi jello? If there is, I think so. I remember seeing like little jello mix boxes with like a picture of kiwi on it. Let's consult yeah. kiwi jello buy in bulk now, <laughs> 70 pack wholesale, wholesale, Costco size, flat. <laughs> <laughs> so this strawberry kiwi. Like uh, pudding cup okay. versions of it, you know okay. when they had the like the Jello and the yeah, cup yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't look like they have not as a mix. Like you can't the just, box type. Oh, uh-huh. But there is an off-brand called Doctor Ertker. That sounds Galarica. awful. <laughs> is it like the Ger- ships like, from Poland? Pol- I was gonna say like Germany is like Europe's answer to Jello. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna send you this. Okay, please do. This, yeah. <laughs> this episode's brought. This episode was brought to you by Doctor Utkog's Instant 
Powdered Kiwi, Kiwi Jello. Ja, Dr. Hot Ist wunderbar. Ist wunderbar. We're being so inappropriate. None of these things are correct. <laughs> well, in, in, in the same... Okay, you know, like, if this is PBS, like, and Arthur is brought to you, brought to you by freaking Juicy Juice and uh, Frosted Flakes and Chuck E. Cheese and viewers like you, who's to say that this isn't the official sponsor of the Wally show in the Arnold universe? Okay, you... Are absolutely correct. Okay, never mind. We get. I don't concede the point. We take it. Um, I don't want to talk about the bullying because it makes me sad. Yeah, honestly, this is like this. I, it's. Just, I was just pretty uncomfortable, honestly, watching it was this. Just, it was completely it was just unfounded. Delicious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they, being the like artists behind the characters, mm -hmm. uh, made Lila Tears so effectively sad. Because they weren't like the over the top tears streaming. Like, it it was the like, was just like I have dealt with this for a bunch and gloss I over am gonna continue tears. to try yeah, to hold cheese. a strong face, yeah. but I I can't. Yeah, and it ripped me apart. And then immediately to their living situation, uh -huh. which you know, I'm proud of them for making it work and doing what they can. And I know that you know maybe I'm being a little bit too like dissective here, but like. They probably moved there to do their best and give a better quality of life and better mm -hmm. education to Lila. Mm -hmm. And dad's doing his best, going for a job, is hopeful and excited and staying optimistic in spite of all of the shit mm -hmm. that we're led to believe that their life is through. And I don't know, you also see Lila doing her best to like not make her dad feel worried about her. Yeah. You know, oh, like totally. it's just a true father-daughter dynamic that yeah. seems like it's something that's you know, there's there's an elephant in the room or not in the room, if you will. There's and salt of the earth, yes. Yeah, and they're going to do their best. Mm -hmm. They're going to do their best through it. I was rooting for him, and crying. Oh, totally. It was it wasn't yeah. as funny as I as I had it in my memory. Like for some reason in my memory, I thought like the whole thing about like I ate the blast the beans. Of the beans for lunch. Like I thought it was on part in my memory. I thought it was like that. Some guys have all the luck. Like spongebob yes. monologue but it was not that it was it was not and it was just hilarious how like the girls are literally right there and they can't tell that they're standing outside the window and but you know they come to their senses right away after yeah. you know helga loses her shit and like phoebe has to slap her around for getting hysterical but yeah i did like yeah. i did like the extra spice on phoebe though this episode at the very least like yes we're gonna get you know her facade as the calm cool collected like class mm -hmm. genius is going to definitely be peeled away as well as we make it's make good our way to through see. this season yeah because she needs that i don't know like everybody's had either been the smart person and known who the second smartest was mm. or you saw the two smart people fighting over being the smartest person oh we had a lot of that <laughs> you the, know the intellectual arms race at our high school was very real. exactly exactly and that's what makes Phoebe's arc in that regard so relatable. Because mm -hmm. you know that's exactly how someone feels. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is my shit. I know all <laughs> but the I knew, to But all I the knew questions. that. Yeah. So did she. <laughs> mm. But yes, this episode, again, not remembering anything else about Lila. I really like Lila. They they did their job in this episode to like make you appreciate her resolute nature mm -hmm. despite being demure at the same time mm -hmm. it's just nice to have someone who's pretty stable all things yeah. considered yeah <laughs> like yeah absolutely in and of her challenge so far again we'll see like again yeah there's 
everyone's going to have their shining moment and their less than flattering moments yeah. multiple times over through the course of this program. Absolutely. But for now, it's just nice to have some new characters in the mix. And eventually we'll reveal our castings for Lila, Chocolate Boy, and Big Patty. Uh, but yep. we, need a, we need a little bit more time to sit with those folks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh that's all I've got for this one as well, unless there's any uh any any stray thoughts you have, Michael too. Oh god, it's been almost a year since ether. since the concept of stray thoughts was introduced yeah. in our what a uh, nightmare. Introduced into our vocab. No, mm-hmm. no stray thoughts. Um just Love thinking that. of how the second season of House of the Dragon is progressing in production without uh the privilege of rewrites. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Uh, media is gonna suck for the next at least nine months yeah at least yeah that time delay which is the yeah. perfect time to just like rabbit hole yourself into these uh nostalgia rewatch fan casts uh, oh such God. as ours absolutely well done michael going on to the morals yes. uh what would you attribute to mm. ransom side a well i think it depends on who the moral is ultimately for i think for mm, gerald fair. it's you know you gotta kind of just drop your self-image whatever that may be and just show yeah. up for your siblings and when show they need you but also if you're timberly if you're gonna stage a kidnapping and play the victim while also being the mastermind you gotta just like cover your tracks again you gotta scott shepherd got a scott shepherd got away with it for the most part you know, David, <laughs> David Cage, David Cage knows how to write a mystery thriller like it's nobody's business. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> this is a quick PSA to play Heavy Rain or at the very least, just listen to Kumail Nanjiani's stand up routine about his experience playing Heavy Rain. That's um, probably a good, a good route, too. It's yes. not a good replay. No, no. Just listen to Kumail Nanjiani's uh, stand up routine. <laughs> not a good replay. $60 I, I paid for this experience. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God, it was good at the time yes. when they hadn't made any other games that blow it out of the water. Um, but it set the formula, and mm-hmm. I, I will respect it for mm-hmm. that forever. My moral is exactly the same. It's the double down for your siblings. Mm-hmm. I think Gerald did a great job here of uh, a being down to help his sister, but then b committing to the bit, and then c giving her a good lesson that uh, you don't get twenty dollars worth of candy if you do dumb thingus dingus is like this <laughs> timberly god and you, then miss perfect is quite simply don't judge a book by its cover do you think she was yes that is a very good point my my last question to you do you think either mr or mrs johansson were wearing timberland boots then on the night that she was conceived hence <laughs> hence the name timberly more importantly <laughs> did the timberland stay on fuck it call her timberly <laughs> Sorry. Oh Lord. Um <laughs> anyway, following the Wikipedia order for next week's yes. offering. Again, this even my DVD like episode order is a little weird, but we're just gonna follow the Wikipedia because that is just accessible to the dozens yes. out there. Uh we mm-hmm. will be covering se- uh, episode seven of season two. Uh mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna have to do some soul searching here for our next casting because Arnold saves Sid. Yep. And we get a lot of Sid in this episode okay. for better and green. for better or for worse. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and yet another, a great, honestly, awesome, what is, in my opinion, is ultimately a spiritual successor to the list. Uh, just a comedy of errors uh, hooky. I remember loving that episode as a kid. 
Uh, so I'm really excited to revisit that one. Yeah, I'm stoked. This is the roller coaster, right? Yeah, uh, it's part of it. Like, it's the first time we see that. Hell yeah. See that uh, episode, uh, see that theme park. But yeah, the oh, one you're thinking of is like next, yeah. maybe this season, next season, season three or four or something. Yeah. Just fine. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm a thrill seeker. Well, well from us to you, uh, remember your morals. Um, and as always, don't sell that goat. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Or, or what was it? Uh, don't don't sell that. Don't goat. smell that cow. Or don't don't tip that cow. <laughs> no, but for real, never eat raspberries. Oh my God.